What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Oh boy, only one more minute until Christmas vacation starts. And the teacher hasn't given us any assignments over the holidays. Oh no! I can't believe it! Hey everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is it. Christmas is over. We have put out all of our Christmas material. So on to New Year's because we could really only do it for one week. Really? And then we're back to the G.I. Joe horse again. Is this, this our is first? Going, yes. This is our first New Year's episode we've ever done, it I think. might be. I, I can't speak with, with full knowledge because my brain's a mess and it's been a long time since we've been doing this show. But I know we like definitely, we've definitely talked about it. So it's possible we've done one before. Huh. It's more likely that we talked about it and never got around to it. Yeah, so. that's what I recall. Also, I will say, as someone who's been putting Christmas crap on in the background, for the past like three days that I'm, I'm and I'm down to the dregs on streaming services. Now it's like the, the, you know, the 90th Christmas Prince or whatever I've got on. <laughs> uh, I, I I've been looking through the cartoons that they have and there, there's a lot like there's a Flintstones Christmas and, and there's still a lot that we haven't done. There's listen, we will, it is a never ending like what exactly are the Flintstones celebrating at Christmas time? I, I don't know. I don't know. They're like at some point, some white dude or brown dude, depending on who you talk to, will be born and everyone will and you know, people will look up and there'll be a bright planet in the sky that people assume is a star and it means something religious. And then they'll worship him. So let's put up a Christmas tree. Hey Barney, it's the story of G Rock. No. And G- and the oh, I see what you did there. The Lord. Right. He doesn't understand how uh, puns work, Chan. Uh, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I was like, that, G-Rock? I is that, that was that sounds hilarious. like a 90s <laughs> jam <laughs> band. 
G rock and special sauce. That's uh, a <laughs> man. They really should have done that crossover. Uh, Jesus Saurus, I think probably is a little, uh, yeah. a little yeah. closer no, for, no, isn't it? Jesus Saurus. Mm-hmm. And G Rock is not. I mean, look, that's correctly Flintstones on the nose. That's what I would say. Um, but yeah, so this week we're talking about uh, New Year's. Gina found this Charlie Brown New Year's episode, which I honestly did not know existed. I've never seen this Same. before. That's exciting. And, I just did a uh, Google a great search job. of it, honestly. Uh, but it looked perfect for us because 19, 1986, that's sort of our, I feel yeah, like that's our sweet spot. That's really right there. Yeah. That's season of uh, Joe time. Yeah, and I found it on Apple TV and watched it. And then Gina was like, I don't have Apple TV. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Who doesn't have Apple TV? Because you get, if you have an app, an Apple anything, you get like a free year of it. That, but um, that was probably over a year ago. My year has probably passed. No, I literally just looked it up today and it said, like, uh, to have an Apple product, get a free year of Apple TV. They're desperate to get people on this thing. They have a show like uh, all of these uh, peanut specials aside. I don't know how many. I think they might have all of them or they're doling them out in some way. Uh, But like they have a bunch of this uh, peanut stuff. They also have Ted Lasso, which may be the best show of 2020. So if you haven't watched that yet. I've worked for three seasons in a row on CBS shows, and I just got CBS All Access like two days ago purely to watch The Stand. So I'm not I can't handle more. I'm a very busy person. I can't handle more distractions. Although I Gina. will say I've been watching classic Beverly Hills 90210 ever since go. I signed up. This is yeah. awful. This is I'm awful. a very busy person who only has 19 hours a day to watch Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> the thing is, Gina, Apple TV is free, but there's a premium version of it. It's like Peacock. So but you can see, still have Apple TV and watch the free stuff. But when I went to look at the Charlie Brown thing, it said you need to pick your plan and free was not amongst them. Oh, it cool. is there. Well, you gotta. The you, link. To, you know what? S- take take a half uh, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero episodes <laughs> worth of time to look up how you could get free Apple TV. No, I, I, I understand. My time now is all consumed with the virtual New Year's Eve party uh, planning and and my non tech savvy self watching tutorials of how to use zoom as a host okay uh i just said that you should have an apple product i now uh rescind that and say (laughs) get a computer that can use virtual backgrounds it is ridiculous that um pretty new though it's yeah i know i know airs don't like the backgrounds yeah it's because they have crap video light and when i'm when i'm walking places i don't like macbook pros because they're well that's what that's what a phone is for stupid just you just carry your phone and uh, a nice Bluetooth keyboard like I used to do Stupid. when I couldn't afford a laptop. Stupid. Uh, now, look at me, Mr. Fancy Pants. I literally have two Apple laptops open and a third desk, PC desktop. No, I don't like clutter. Most of which don't function the way I want them to, <laughs> which my, is why I've I have three of them right now. I've for a week and I'm already considering getting rid of it. Oh, Because <laughs> I don't like really? clutter. What's really, truly upsetting here is I do have Apple TV and I still watch that Library of Congress clip that Gina sent over that was all like cut off on the sides. So why? What? I didn't that. That wasn't me. Well, no, also, it, it was the link. And then I searched the link and I found the clip. Right. Also, I was the one that sent all those. I also <laughs> sent a video mo- or a daily motion link, which nobody noticed either. I'm just either. trying to say, Gina, you did a great job sending me that link. Thank you very much. <laughs> how did how it. the tables have turned? Because it used to be me that you would credit with all of Gina's stuff. 
Uh, and I mean, I guess that's progress. Is that less misogyny or is this or racism no, now? I'm not mind, sure which. We've, we, we've switched gender roles. Uh, I'm the dominant man in this podcast now. I mean, here's the deal. Which one of you is more likely to be wearing pants right now? Gina. Thank you. <laughs> okay, no, wait a minute. No, Gina is more likely to be wearing uh, long pants, but they're pajama pants. Yeah, so that's accurate. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing, mm. let me guess, Chad, jorts <laughs> or nothing? I mean, it's cold, so obviously I'm wearing jorts. <laughs> <laughs> this all holds up. This all. So, guys, we're talking about Charlie Brown's New Year's. Yeah, if this is your first uh, knowing us have the podcast, um, <laughs> you're I, very I, bored. You left, you left eight minutes ago, and so sorry. <laughs> and I think the show is only about seven minutes deep. So, I mean, you left like before you even started. Shame on that's, you. First off, that is what. No, that's definitely. By good the way, call. I am. Rick that's that's like a that's a fourth of a. That's a fourth of a Beverly Hills 90210 episode. Well, Think of all the things you could be I've doing. I've got a lot better. of Beverly Hills 90210 to watch. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's at the episode where one of them is thinking about having sex and or doing drugs. Wow. Uh, we are on the episode of Voyager where the same. <laughs> I, I, I think it's uh, Harry Kim, and I think he's thinking about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, doing drugs and or having sex with seven of nine. No. Um, you know what? Voyager, pretty good show. If you get past the first three seasons, that's what I've heard. I've heard there are Voyager fans. I liked Voyager when I watched it generally, and I only watched, I think the first three seasons. So if it gets better, I'd probably like it more. I'm pretty sure you are just dumb and, uh, (laughs) you will watch the rest and be like, this is so confusing. I don't understand why these characters, uh, are making, uh, character based choices. When clearly they should just be randomly firing phasers at things. Wait, See, there's space? <laughs> Boy, you got a lot of catching up to do. Um, I don't know. You know what? Maybe you should. Uh, okay, let me start at the beginning. Um, 1967 was a magical time. Gene Roddenberry uh, brought the world to Star Trek. Uh, courtesy of... Uh, um, uh, um, mm, oh, boy. Lost it. Space. Lost it. Lost nope. Space. Nope. Nope. Lost Red hair. Space. Comedian. Uh, um, Louis C.K. The- <laughs> Lucy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I love Lucy, but also Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. Is the name of the classic uh, sitcom that everybody knows and loves. Oh, God. People you know, I like I like Star Trek, but I just wish it wasn't so political these days. <laughs> it's my favorite thing I ever read on the internet daily um, from real Star Trek. People who really get Star Trek are the ones who saying that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I want to talk about this Charlie Brown episode because you guys know, Gina, you've claimed that you like have seen, you've seen, you said, oh, I've seen one Charlie Brown special ever. And then we named like 18 more. And you're like, well, I've seen all of those. Sure. So First like, of what all, is you named deal? exactly one more. You named the great pumpkin. Tra- I said, oh, I think I've only seen the Christmas one. And then you said, what yeah. about the great pumpkin? And I said, oh, I've also seen that one. And you what about no other episode, specials the Thanksgiving episode that we did for this program? I have not seen that. You have seen that. I, I have audio I have literally no memory of doing a Thanksgiving Charlie Brown episode. What happened? They eat popcorn it? on the ping pong table and Peppermint Patty invites herself over. No, nope, you guys Oops. must have done that one without oh, me. That, boy. No, that might have been a 2018 <laughs> one when I was in New York. I want to say we did that like a month ago. So 
nope. See, if we had a spreadsheet, we could solve this right now. But I am telling you, I did not watch that. <laughs> we we're going to find we're going to we're going to dig up that episode. Yep. And uh, if Gene is on it, um, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, there will be I- no punishment of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> I would have remembered popcorn, uh, a cartoon popcorn on a ping pong table, because those are two things that I like. I don't Jesus. I don't even know how many specials were made. I know this was the 30th peanut special. It was in 1986. I had no idea that there were this many of them. It's not, uh, but like, it's not good. Was I the only one that thought it was not good? It was. It, uh... we, we were talking about, uh, uh, you weren't, I was talking about SNL earlier today and I was saying how, it, uh, it stopped being about making good comedy in 1980 and just became about making uh, a show that got another season and got another season, kept going and is now, you know, 40 some seasons deep. I think there was a turning point because the first uh, Charlie Brown special was in 1965. Uh, that Thanksgiving special was 73. And so probably by about uh, by certainly by about that time, I think they were just like, you know what? Uh, this is real chill. People will tune in to have warm, fuzzy feelings, yep. not real deep, fuzzy feelings, but just like warm, fuzzy feelings. And so it was just about like, hey, let's do the thing that we did last time. And Charlie Bound, you know, kind of gets shit on. And then at the end, everybody's happy. So, you know, yeah. it's like a it's like a Bob Ross special, like I, stretched out over 60 years. If I had watched it when I was little, then maybe I would have some nostalgia. But watching yeah. it for the first time, the first the first thing I noticed was I was pissed that the voices weren't the same, which I realized that, yep. you know, 26 years later or <laughs> however long it was, they can't be the same. But yeah. I was very annoyed that they didn't try and Muppets it and get get voices that even sounded the same because it was very jarring because the like the the most recent one I watched, which is always the most recent one I watch, is the Christmas special. Yep. And they didn't sound really like I guess they sound like people sort of trying to do, but they sounded way more cutesy this time. Like Pepper- it was weird. I think having Harvey Firestein play Charlie Brown was a strange choice and not one that I agree with. Yeah, Charles Nelson Riley uh, should be in, in everything, but honestly, uh, as Charlie Brown, it was a little it was a little off putting. <sighs> Weird and alternating lines between the two of them too. It was just it just it didn't make sense. There also yeah. wasn't. I will say there wasn't a lot of shitting on Charlie Brown in this, which which was also kind of jarring because that's what it is. But it's a lot of people really wanting him to come to a party re- when he's at the party, really wanting him to party with them. Uh, and there's no like you're an idiot, Charlie Brown. You're such a dumbass, Charlie Brown. There's literally just he's just treated like a normal boy. But his I his think... crippling depression is still there, which I am not a, never a fan of. Uh, if he's gonna yeah. be depressed, at least have kids make fun of him because of it. Dear I God, mean, <laughs> you would have beat me up in in, in uh, elementary school. I know this for a fact. I was friends with all uh, in elementary school, except the ones the who had depression. Yeah, like this you. is for your own good. That's what you were saying. This is I'm helping you. I'm helping you. Punch, punch, punch. <laughs> All the kids like me. That's why they give me their lunch money. <laughs> I think actually what's what I liked about this is the fact that everybody's being very inclusionary towards Charlie Brown or the other uh, previous installations of this. They often are trying to exclude Charlie Brown as hard as possible. So I like no... the fact that they're oh. trying 
hard and he's just being a dumbass who now, okay, we'll talk about it in the plot here. It's not totally his fault, but yeah, he just, he, he doesn't feel like leaving the house and Charlie Brown, I get you. <laughs> no, here's, here's, the thing. here's my, my, my immediate problem with it is it starts out and basically everyone's excited because it's the last day of school before their Christmas break. And then the teacher tells them to read war and peace a bunch of eight-year-olds first of all which is not not a thing uh and i get i guess it's supposed to be funny like oh haha it's so funny that a teacher but like why not just pick a kid's book that would be yeah. that would i mean be like or- here's the thing the peanuts has always been about uh little kids saying adult things and that's that's where the yeah. core of the comedy is so uh, assigning you know uh war and peace uh to children uh is that sort of juxtaposition where like it's sort of a uh not a not a metaphor but just sort of like a uh it's evocative of the struggle like this is super hard for this kid um Okay, okay. Whatever whatever the thing is, it's really hard. Yeah, then, it's an extremes thing. Because you wouldn't just other... like cat in the hat. War and peace because it's so over a thousand pages ridiculous, right? So and you get you my get other why issue he... though is that mm. is that no he, he's clearly the only one that's assigned this. Yes, and, I don't understand uh, that. And they're supposed that's to all it. be in the same class. So, like, I was sort of thinking for a second, is this an unreliable narrator situation where where they're just given a regular book, but Charlie Brown is a depressed idiot and can't and is like whatever book they gave him, he's equating to War and Peace because it's so difficult for him to read. But no one else even mentions it. And they just keep saying, oh, because you have to do this report. But it has been established that they are all in the same class. So I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, what is happening here, and this is something that I discovered as I was watching it just now, because, uh, like, yeah, one of the things is uh, to really identify with Charlie Brown as a kid, he would have had to been like a super smart kid that, you know, got shit on and like the world is terrible and all that. But he's not. He's not a smart kid. He gets a D minus on this test. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, I, I think you're kind of right in that. Whatever it is that was assigned, the other kids just breezed right through it. For him, it was as difficult as war and peace. But it's so, not, like, yeah. it's metaphorical. But I don't. But I don't think it is. I think it's just because I even read a couple of recaps, and every single one of them mentions it's weird that only he is assigned something. Well, uh, the teacher says it to the class, so yeah. like the thing is, they don't like nobody else has a problem with it. No, because they uh, I, like I went back and watched this this the scene, and they do make a point not to show any of the other regulars in the class. Uh, like, I thought Linus was in this shot. Linus is in the shot as well. He's there because he's the. I only see the two of them there, and they're talking to each other, right? Is he? Because I saw a bunch of sort of red shirts that I didn't recognize. Uh, but this is this is this this sort of episode. This episode reinforces the fact that Linus is my guy. Uh, Linus is the one that I, I enjoy the most because he's the one who sort of comes in with the logic and the chill the fuck out, everybody. This is, this is what's going on. Like he's, he's the one that sort of fixes the problems and is just you like mean the guy who Ugh. can't be separated from his blanket. He didn't have it in this. Uh, yeah, he didn't have it in this, but I, th- you're talking about in general, or you're talking about in the specific, uh, episode. I, I especially liked him in this episode. Uh, uh, because he, he steps in and like early on, he says, he gives Charlie Brown a bunch of facts about war and peace. Uh, 
mm-hmm. first of all. Uh, and, and, and also really identifies with, you know, Tolstoy's wife and basically says, I love says, that monologue. I love it. Yeah. He basically <laughs> says to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown is complaining again because that's all Charlie Brown does. Uh, Damn. and, and he's saying, Oh God, I have to read this book. I have to read this book. It sucks. And then Linus says, did you know that, uh, Tolstoy's wife had to hand write nine copies of that thousand page book right there often by candlelight and- uh, seven copies number one number two you better not leave out the part where they had to send their servants away oh, they had that. servants servants so they were they did not have that hard a life every russian had servants back then doesn't mean that they're fancy schmance if every Russian had servants, then who were the servants of the servants? They were not. They were definitely know, like some... They were cyborgs. Um, and who but, watches? But you, should, you should watch Linus's this Doctor Who. Point is basically if if this woman can, you know, when there's no electricity and no typewriter and can't read her husband's fucking writing, will probably get beat if she doesn't do it. If she can write seven <laughs> copies of this book, you can read it once, fuckhead. I will grant you that, yeah, that is uh, uh, the Lin- Linus is on point here. Yeah. I, I appreciate him. Oh, I appreciate anytime somebody, when Charlie Brown is whining, I appreciate somebody giving him the clap down. I appreciate that in general life when anyone is whining. Thank especially you. Me. See, uh, here's the thing. I get, I get shit on, I get shit from Chan a lot for saying, <laughs> oh God, Charlie Brown, shut up. But Ray says it and it's apparently fine. Uh, well, no, Ray was agreeing with fine. me. I didn't agree with him for the record. <laughs> Look, if we get into a situation where me and Chan agree on something, something went wrong in the Matrix. Um, <laughs> and speaking of wrong in the Matrix, I looked back over our catalog. I could not find a Thanksgiving episode of this show that we did. So it must yep. have been lost in the Berenstein Bears universe. Uh, no, I'm telling you, if you did it, it would have been it would have been Thanksgiving 2018 when I was in New York. Um, it does not exist in any of our folders or files. So we never made that episode somehow. That being said, Thank I have vivid you. memories of us making that episode. Here's so here's what you can what do. Is all, you, all you need to do is search is search char- uh, the keyword Charlie Brown on in our Twitter account, in our Facebook account, and in our Instagram account. If it was posted at some point, you would have said you would have posted, oh, we did the Thanksgiving Charlie Brown episode. And it should be very easy to find. Oh, we definitely uh, delete all our tweets like uh, once a month <laughs> just because race has so much horrible racist, really? sexist yeah. stuff very that vulgar. like we got to uh, wipe it so that it doesn't uh, blow back on any of us. And he's still hoping to to be cast on SNL. So he um, yeah, that. Yeah. that ship never sailed, <laughs> <laughs> even though even though they have an age cap and you're well beyond it. Uh, I was well beyond their age cap when I came to LA to start doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, listen, if they ever want to get into old fat former wrestlers, I am here for them. <laughs> when they want to change the entire show, you know what? Maybe when Mad TV comes back, maybe they'll they'll look into that. Uh, they're going to get Chris Jericho first. <laughs> Sorry, Is Ben. He back that. Is he I mean, back? Back from what? He's old, oh. strong, which means he got a little weighty. He's he's a little thick around the middle. Oh, I'm not going to call no. it. I'm not going to call it brother fat. No, because you can't keep that level of strength and like yeah. physique over uh, past the age of like 50. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you start you start slim like trimming down earlier so that all that muscle doesn't turn into fat. 
Um, uh, please. And since we've been in quarantine, I have lost 15 pounds. I just weighed myself again this morning and I'm still enormous. So <laughs> none of it matters is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit. So we got to the reading part and we, we did this. So Peppermint Patty, who I have, I've now come to the conclusion that Charlie Brown could have had a happy life and gotten confidence and everything else. If he had just banged peppermint nope, patty do not put that shit on a woman into that star. nope it is I'm not right her now. job it is no. not her job to make him whole sir he needs to be a whole functioning person before no, no. he gets to be gets the happy life no no what ray is saying is if he had taken her up on her offer because it's not like uh uh he was like banging down her door and she was trying to get away she was trying to uh uh yeah. make some time with him and he was too awkward or you know like a uh, uh, unsure of himself to to seal that deal no it's because uh, he knows he can't be in a regular healthy relationship until he gets himself into some fucking therapy i appreciate the fact that he is not taking her up on this offer because he could have just done the shitbag thing and just gone out with her and then just been like i have to tell you i'm a mess which is something that guys do and then she who was enamored with him would have been like oh it's fine we'll get through it together and then 2 years oh, later she would have been real she would have realized well now i'm fucking depressed because well, of 2 you. years later they would have been like 12 so i mean i think they could have been okay but the thing is she knows he's a complete like bag of shit and she's still into it real hard so i mean all he's doing is denying himself an opportunity here and i feel like the confidence that he was lacking it's not her responsibility or her job to give it to him but through that relationship i think he could have still found it no he gets that through therapy and and working on himself people with low self-esteem don't get into a relationship and then automatically have high self-esteem that's not how it works no but they could start understanding what it's like to be accepted and that could maybe unlock something inside of them could it not yeah, you ha- you kind of have to experience what it is to have self-esteem, to get self-esteem, <laughs> which is one of those uh, vicious cycles that uh, I would know nothing about. So I don't even know why I'm talking right now. Carry on with uh, with this very interesting conversation that I, I'm uh, interested in hearing. Anyone who's, who's using our podcast to decide whether or not you should work on yourself and your issues and whatever issues no. you have, Bang it the out. answer is yes, do not. Do yeah. not do nothing and hope it works out. out. For love the you. love of God, you can listen to the to our entire run of episodes <laughs> and hear where I started going to therapy. So yes. just, just know that if you need like that concrete evidence, it's right there for free. <laughs> and it Check might, it out and join our Patreon. You, if you've been listening to this show for the entirety of our run, I've never been to therapy since we started this show. That is not yeah. something to be proud of, Ray. This no, is but my it therapy, is Gina. This is my therapy. It is a good control. So we can hear <laughs> uh, what happens when you don't, what happens when you do. Oh boy! Uh, but I, I will say, I, I at first, I, I was like, oh, I like it. They sort of reverse the gender roles that all the girls in the in the Charlie Brown world want that D, and all the boys do not. But then I realized, oh no, this is just sort of how how real life is. Is that when little girl, like because little girls are interested sooner. Uh, they're the ones chasing around the boys to kiss them, and the boys are like, ew, gross girls. And then at some point, there's a shift where girls realize uh, men are horrendous and and the boys are like, I don't care if you don't want it, I'm going to kiss you. Uh, so this is just sort of Whoa. normal little kid behavior that, that you know, Sally and Peppermint Patty 
are all like, ask me to the dance. Let's get that D. And the boys are like, blah, blah, blah. Well, not totally, because, you know, you have the side story of Peppermint Patty's trying to get all up on that Charlie Brown D for New Year's Eve. And he keeps showing up to her party and her conversations and saying, man, I hope that red haired girl shows up. I invited her to come to your party so I could bang her at your party instead. And Peppermint Patty is understandably not happy about the situation. Yeah, but very understanding. Here's the thing. She she has no right to be bummed because they're they're not. He never agreed to it. Like, like when Sally keeps having outbursts about, about Linus, when she keeps getting pissed at Linus and she's like, what, when is, what does she call him? My, my, my sweet baboo. My sweet sweet baboo. Ba- when are you going to ask me to the dance? My sweet baboo. He could not be any clearer with his boundaries. He very clearly says, I'm not your sweet baboo. I would rather invite a ping pong table to a dance than you. Uh, and then Dang, she, that's harsh, and, and she says, "Oh God, that is not what she said." By the way, yes. you just made it so much meaner and hurtful. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why you would even do that. He said something to the effect of, "I would never ask you. I would ask." Oh no, something, something, sure, but something that you know a normal eight-year-old would say. Gina comes in with all her years of Hollywood writing experience, and <laughs> just like you, motherfucker, bam, just destroying the poor child. It's a child, Gina. What is wrong well, with you? To learn these boundaries early. She clearly never learns them because then just a scene later, she's like, my sweet baboo is at this dance. And he's again like, look, bitch, I have told you once I'm not your sweet baboo. You're sexualizing me in a way that makes me uncomfortable. I would never ask you to the dance. And Charlie Brown, similarly, I mean, not as well as Linus because Linus is good at boundaries and Charlie Brown is a is a sad sack. But he he sort of says to Peppermint Patty, I'm not I'm I don't think I'm going to go and I don't think I'm going to go with you, although, again, not as assertively. So she she doesn't have she can't have any expectations. But, you know, the the little redhead girl is the one that Charlie Brown always wants. That's his that's yep. his unrequited love, uh, which is I think this is the first time I've ever learned her name, by the way. Me, too. Yeah, I, I did think not know her name was Heather. It was it was definitely a thing that gets revealed uh, probably sometime in the early '80s. I would guess it's a very um, '80s name that that was my that was my thinking was the little redhead girl has been around forever. Maybe the '80s was the first time where they said we should give her a name because they're not coming up with the name Heather in 1966. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. It'd be Hester. Everybody knows that. Hester, good lord! What? Ray has one, get back Ray in the fucking Nathaniel Hawthorne. One book in his life, and he remembered <laughs> that the main character was named Hester Prynne, and it's it's his go-to name yes. in all improv scenes about books and all jokes. Yeah, <laughs> that Pilgrim Girl fucks. Mm. And that book was War and Peace. GI Joe will return after these messages. Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. 
it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is it, the new G.I. Joe Devilfish on a high-speed recon mission. There's Hawk, the new Joe Commander. That's Beachhead, the Ranger, and that's Whitson. Devilfish has two torpedoes and twin guns on top, and they're gonna need it, because here comes Cobra. Cobra's got a new hydro set, and that's real dangerous for G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Adventure of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Devilfish, Cobra Hydro Sled, and Cobra and Joe figures each sold separately. Joe! Now, back to G.I. Joe. Um, uh, but there's a weird a weird thing happens here, which is when Peppermint Patty calls to... So so Charlie Brown is overwhelmed with the fact that he has to do this, this book report. He has to read this book. Peppermint Patty wants to fucking party like eight-year-olds do unsupervised on New Year's Eve. Holy crap. Yeah, we could talk about that when we get there, but that is okay, yeah, I had a lot wildly irresponsible that. parent I, I, behavior. Before we get there, though, yeah, wait, I did have one thing. I, I, was yeah, about ahead, to, sorry, Gina. I was about to bring up a point. Uh, no, 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 lay it on me. When Peppermint Patty First of all, Peppermint Patty calls to invite him to a party. And I get it. I get what Chan was saying earlier that, you know, it's it's kids in adult situations. And the Christmas special is has literally no adults in it. Uh, it's just kids ice skating on ice without any supervision. No. But Peppermint Patty calls him up and he's the one who answers the phone, which I don't think I answered a phone in my house until I was like 15 years old. And even then <sighs> I was like, oh, come on. I don't want to answer the fucking phone. It's going to be some teacher for my parents. But Charlie Brown just assertively answers that phone at eight year old as at eight years old, and Peppermint Patty says, "Come to my fucking rager, bring a keg." Yeah, into mm-hmm. it, and it's weird. And he's weird about it. He just he, just say yes, Charlie Brown. This is that movie Yes Man with Jim no, Carrey. No, I, I actually like yes to experiences. I appreciate that he's being responsible. I appreciate that he's he's. 
And I appreciate that when he ultimately goes to the party, he does have a good time. And he but he gets the book done and has a good time, which is a good message. Does he have a good time? I don't I remember mean, well, yeah, time. when they're when they're I mean, you know, we're not there yet, but when they're singing the uh musical chair song, he is laughing, he is running around, True. he almost wins, he just gets beaten out at the last second by Pepper and Patty, but he is loving it. It reminded me of the uh, the uh, Christmas Carol whenever they show like the uh, old timey Scrooge when he was like a normal person and he's like dancing at the dance and yeah. then he, you know but then he becomes a miserable piece of shit so it's like you enjoy this for what it is but um the part that I really appreciated and the part that really connected with me is when he gets War and Peace assigned to him and he has to read it over a two week break which is complete and utter bullshit this is this That's is an two awful weeks. assignment. That is that's awful. some shit that I couldn't do. Yeah, that's awful. This is I, I mean, that te- look, I don't want to be one to castigate teachers because they're the hardest working people among us. But bad <laughs> oh, job. Is, that is your wife right next to you right now? <laughs> don't, worry about that. Over don't worry about that. Look, teachers are the best people, probably the best looking <laughs> people in the world, uh, as well as the hardest working. My point about all this, though, is that assignment is bullshit. So I appreciate that Charlie Brown went to a comic book store. Because we had these back in the eighties, where they had comic book versions of classic novels. Oh, Classics and, Illustrated. Yes, and they used to advertise them on TV before school because they knew we all <laughs> wanted to buy them, but we didn't have any money. So they would. So he went into the store. And he said, "Is there a comic book series based on War and Peace I could read? Mm-hmm. Is there a TV show that I could watch? Is there a movie I could watch?" And he keeps getting told, "No, no, no." And then they finally about to leave, and Linus said, "What about a film strip?" He's like, "That's stupid," but. I'm desperate. Yeah, okay. So he went inside, looked for the film strip. Didn't have the film strip. And I appreciated that this is this is shit I would, I, I would, I did do all throughout <laughs> my entire uh, a- academic life as a young person is try to find the shortcuts to not have to read the thing that was I was not going to understand anyway. And you yeah. have to find the Cliff's notes, you got to find the movies, you got to find the, the comic books, you find any other way to get the media in a more or... fashion. How about a computer game about war and peace? I love that, that. is how I, I was it. able to to date the uh, cartoon because um, I, I, I was I, I was the quality of it was pretty high. The animation quality was much cleaner than you would get from like some from 65. So I was like, OK, this might be a little later, but I don't know. Maybe it's still like in the 70s. And they said a computer game. I'm like, OK, well, yeah. like we're at least mid 80s by that point, because yeah, that, that, you know. that was when around when we got our first computer. And I remember we definitely went to some guy's basement to buy a bunch oh. of what I now understand were probably bootleg computer games. Hell yeah. And weed? Is that what you were doing? Why would you go to someone's basement to buy computer games? That is so weird. I, mean, I don't know. We went like as a family, and we had our Apple Two GS. And and unless I'm unless I'm misremembering, which is very possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. The only pretty, two... pretty young in the mid '80s, but I remember we had a whole like you know thing of floppy disks filled with various games. Yeah, Chan, you obviously don't remember the 80s as clearly as I do because there was no such thing as a computer or software store that was not held in someone's basement. So <laughs> I believe you've got that completely just backwards in your mind. I mean, no, and, sorry. And, if- and, and also, like, knowing knowing my parents, you know, not not having a lot of money at the time, uh, uh, there's no way in hell my dad would have legally bought all those videos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying that uh, the only reason uh, you go to 
buy things from a basement are illegal drugs or to get molested. Yeah, you're and thinking of that you, in today's terms, but back then, <laughs> back then we were just climbing in each other's uh, basements, just willy nilly. Uh, and please, you went into vans for that in the eighties. Are you are you kidding me right now? Please. <laughs> Oh yeah, if in a fancy place like yours, maybe those molestations only happened in bike shops in the eighties. Thank you, thank you. This is a known fact. uh, You pronounce that like they're snails, (laughs) molestations, uh, (laughs) octopuses, squids, (laughs) snails. All. Uh, but but I will say, yeah, this is this is something something I would have done. There were many a times when I was supposed to read a book and didn't. Sometimes I oh, didn't yeah. even read the Cliff's notes. I was just real good at bullshitting back then. Uh, I remember I specifically had, hopefully Mrs. O'Reilly, my ninth grade English teacher is not listening to this, but <clears throat> I was supposed to read the Joy Luck Club and she had an oral sit down, one-on-one sit down in, a van. <laughs> uh, in, in the library yeah. that was like supposed to be like our grade. And I uh, read, Library air quotes. It was definitely a van. <laughs> it was in a basement. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 you know, like it was, we were supposed to say what we thought of the book and I read the first page and the last page. And I started out just by saying, I really liked that the imagery of the, the goose feather lasted throughout the whole book and that it kept tying everything together. And then she just talked for a half an hour and gave me an A. Uh, I never had those teachers. What the hell? Oh wait, I wouldn't two, let them. I wouldn't let them talk. <laughs> two things about that. Uh, one of the hallmarks of being a gifted child is uh, you're a real good reader and could BS your way through any <laughs> book related activity. Yep. Uh, number two, racist much? You're just going to take the Joy Luck Club, one of the only Asian American literary experiences you probably wow. would have in your schooling, and just be like, "Eh, wow. I don't give a crap. I'm going to read the first page and last page because screw those slant eyes." Gina, you are terrible. Wait, you so are you're saying uh, that I should have changed my lazy behavior for one book. Uh, you know what? A little Asian culture would have done you good, I think. <laughs> I watched the movie and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, of course, because who doesn't love Ming Na Wen? She is yeah, a national treasure. Cool. She's a an treasure. international treasure yeah. that jumped from a mar- from our Marvel TV series straight to friggin' Star Wars and has done every uh literally i think she may have she's done every single sci-fi franchise in existence she is the best i actually i probably legit watched the dvd of the joy luck club about 10 times because i do love it and i do love her and then when she started turning up in action shit i was like well first of all how old is that woman because in my mind the joy luck club was 80 years old uh she is she's not young but she can bring it still. Yeah. I tell you what. Yeah. If we want to turn this to a Ming Na Wen podcast, <laughs> I'm on board. I would. I would. We can, in, I would be into it. Also, she, we can spin off into Sandra O. Oh, um, I, I oh also Killing Eve is a wonderful show. I also mm-hmm. just love the fact that when when she, I'm a big Agents of Shield fan. I feel like we've talked about it before. But when she was on Agents of Shield, and they introduce her as like, oh fuck, this is this is the lady. The I, cavalry. Yeah, the cavalry. She's oh, she can sort of you know single-handedly kick everyone's ass and then there's there's references throughout of like oh crap they're gonna get killed those 10 guys that are in there with Mingna are gonna get killed but she's actually kicking ass like i realized i realize 100 percent that she has a stunt woman and, and should be g- given credit but she what? looks like she is very realistically kicking ass in a lot of those scenes i believe mm. her when she does things absolutely yeah, yeah, and now she's got a she's got a spoiler alert her own her own Star Wars show. 
Right. Oh yeah, huh? The 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 yeah that thing. The chapter I, of Boba Fett or something. Yes, she is Boba Fett, which is crazy. You don't think <laughs> about it like that. Her it show, was yeah, it was a crazy twist, but uh, yeah. mm. that Boba Fett was a woman named Ming Na Wen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Boba Fett yeah. was inside the- you the whole time. <laughs> well, people have told me that before, but it was just in a van in the eighties. Now, moving mm-hmm. forward, uh, we go to the. He gets Charlie Brown gets secondarily invited to go to dance class where they're learning the foxtrot. He says, "I'm going to bring oh, my book." By the way, again, the most I don't know if anyone's mom watches a lot of Dancing with the Stars, but foxtrot not a kid dance, very fucking difficult. And the fact that all of these <laughs> kids take it is another weird, like, what if these kids were adults? Type moment. Well, that's the thing is, they take the Foxtrot dance class, but near as I can tell, all they're doing is jumping up and down repeatedly in the animation. So I'm not sure they're actually, I think this is a scam. This is like a Music Man boys band <laughs> musical scam where they're, they're, the, the, the huckster comes to town to teach all the kids the Foxtrot. But since nobody really knows what the Foxtrot is, he just has them jump up and down, takes their money, and skips to the next town. <laughs> Is okay, there well, that's a song that plays that tells them how to foxtrot or something. Slow, slow, yes. fast, fast. That could have been written by yeah. somebody who never, ever had heard of the foxtrot before. Just for the record, uh, I am going to come in with a, another take here uh, because in my notes, in all caps, I wrote during this song and dance. Damn, this is some filler. Like yep. they're like, we've got to get twenty-four minutes of content. You know what? Let's just have all of them dancing and just like bouncing up and down for, you know, it worked in the Christmas special. So they clearly yep. do it again here. I also noticed on the Wikipedia page, cause they said they made some cuts for the, the re rebroadcast of it in like the two thousands for extra commercials. Cause by that point there were there, the commercial breaks were longer. Yeah. And they said they cut out a lot of, a lot of Charlie Brown reading war and peace to himself, which of course <laughs> is also filler. Cause it's just him yeah. sitting there. Very easy to animate. He's literally yep. sitting there holding a book <laughs> voiceover of, and his mouth isn't even moving. So it's essentially just <laughs> a, a cell. And then every like four seconds, he turns a page. Yeah. This is some late D shit right there. Yeah, This is, this is, they, they definitely tried to cut a lot of, they definitely put a quite a bit of filler in here, but I feel like, again, no one notices because every Charlie Brown special is, is full of filler. Yeah. The whole thing is filler. How would you know if you have a, if you have one of those old style uh, whipped cream pies with no actual pie in it, how can you say like, Oh, that's the whipped cream part. Like it's all, it's all, it's all the whipped cream part. Because you, then you throw the pie at somebody's face, but you don't no, want to hit them no, with a real pie. No, you don't get to make pie references when you hate comedic. the Three Stooges, exactly. Ray. Three Stooges are not funny. So anyway, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we get to the dance song and sing the Foxtrot. Uh, Sally wants to be invited by Linus. Or Sally wants to invite Linus to the party. He doesn't want to go. Uh, and we have this really weird thing. And I thought this was just a clean version of Pigpen. But it turns out it was a character named Rerun, who I was barely familiar with. Oh, yeah. Pigpen um, shows up later. Yeah, he does. But I just in my head, I was like, well, Pigpen's clean and he's in this moment. And it wasn't until like Linus is just like, hey, rerun. It's like, oh, yeah, there was a character named rerun at one point, wasn't there? But he's blowing up balloons. And I don't know if he's a special kid. I assume that's sort of the connotation here, because every time he blows up these round balloons, they go they blow square at the end. And I thought this was a cute bit. Oh, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed this bit, bit, too, because he 
because because my take on it was he marches to the beat of his own drum, not oh he's got learning disabilities like Ray thought. Oh, no. I thought uh, he had uh, autism. I straight up thought <laughs> he was a kid uh, who was blessed with autism. No, no, Good Lord, he's the no, he's the younger brother of yeah. uh, Linus and Lucy. Yeah, and also blessed with a he's learning just, disability. He's younger. Yeah, yeah, and he's like pre-verbal. I don't know if you know this about people. Even if they're younger, they could still have learning disabilities. <laughs> Uh, but, but I, I also feel like he's, you know, he's, he's supposed to be sort of this kind of upbeat, positive character, the, the little that I remember him from. And he was, I, he was introduced late. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was from the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm sorry. 1972. Oh, oh. But I mean, that was still 30 years after, uh, uh, peanuts had debuted or something like that. 2025. Uh, but but yeah, he he I like that he's having a good time, doesn't care. And also par- I was like, damn, if I was setting up for a party and there were some balloons that were square, that is dope as shit. Mm-hmm. Like that is adding yeah. some real, real interesting depth to these d- decorations. And so I would get I would give him an entire box to blow up by himself. Thank you. Linus is not seeing the forest for the trees here. Yeah. Like, that's some impressive ass uh, decorating right there. He's so yeah. used to his homogeny that he's being given something a little different, a little special, and he wants to conform it, uh, uh, being that this is about the time when P- Peanuts probably really went churchy. Probably not. Every other one did it around this time period, so I'm just going to give them the same credit. But yeah, they were a little late. to cram everything into this more, quote-unquote, normal box, and I'm not here for it, Linus. I think square balloons are the future, and you need to get behind it. I want both square and round ones. I, I think there's room for both kinds of balloons. Don't you be so full of hate, Gina. No round <laughs> balloons at this party. I'm going to I'm gonna just jump in here with a real uh, seemingly off-topic thing and say that as we were going through Voyager uh, recently, we came across an episode where uh, Neelix dies and um, they bring him back Spoiler. and it turns... And it started out with him talking about like the cool ass uh, um, uh, uh, afterlife that his, you know, people have and whatnot. And he comes back and he's like, there was nothing. Oh, my God. What is what have I been living my life for? There's absolutely nothing. It's emptiness. And and I cannot think of an instance where this type of sci fi show doesn't address this issue. And then by the end of it, just sort of like blow it off with a like um, some mysterious thing that happens at the end where they're like, oh, but maybe there is an afterlife and you just didn't blah, 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 blah. This one straight up was like, there is no afterlife. You have to learn how to fucking deal with that. And like by season four of Voyager, they're making some really sharp, smart calls. And that was one of them that I was like, what? They just they did that. I'm into it. they didn't cop out. I'm 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 a big fan. I'm like into it. it. I love I love those kinds of moments in in sci-fi shows. There's a very I don't know if anyone is a Torchwood fan, but there's a very fucking dark episode where you know they're usually dealing with it's it's a spinoff of Doctor Who, and there's basically like you know Earth police that sort of police anything alien that comes into the the atmosphere, but it's like a billion times darker than Tor- than Doctor Who. And there's just an episode where there's like a series of murders in a town and the main character is convinced that it's it's because of this alien thing. But but they realize at the end that it's it's just normal human beings doing it, which is uh, a common a common thing in like there's a supernatural episode about that. There's an X-Files episode 
about that where it's just normal people and instead of actual monsters and just that was actually the episode that turned me off of torchwood really? i was, wow. it was too wow. there it is. i was in a place in my life where i was like i can't i can't ha- I, handle i get it i, I need get it lighter it. it's it's one of the reasons i haven't gone back and rewatched it because i was like this is too dark and it's one of the reasons i was a huge buffy fan in high school and when i started watching angel i was just like jesus christ <laughs> like i can't like in the first episode like someone's murdered and I'm, I, and then like it doesn't lighten up at all in like the first season. <laughs> and I remember being too young for it. But like as an adult, I went back and I was like, yeah, Angel's yep. the real one. But this Torchwood <laughs> episode ends basically with her, like with the with the the police, the alien policewoman screaming at these humans. Why did you do this? You have to tell me. And it just ends. There's no explanation. <laughs> and she's like crying and she her whole world has been shattered. And it's so fucking weird. And dark. So I'm I'm here for it. So speaking of existential ennui, <laughs> Harry Brown decides to invite the little red-haired girl to the party, who we later name as Heather. And there's a whole little fun sequence here. Oh, and, 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 and he's fun up- because it reminded me of Pornhub. What? What? Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <what> now? <laughs> no, I see where she's going. Yeah, I don't. And, uh, and- Ray, don't for don't. <laughs> Try and pretend that you don't know <laughs> that there's a whole subset of videos on Pornhub called Stuck Porn, which oh, is okay. people being stuck in various places and then getting fucked. Okay, here's the deal. I've heard of these videos. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it. And Char and Charlie Brown says, I'm gonna write a letter asking the little redheaded girl to go out with me, which by the way, kudos that Charlie Brown Good on him. You, you wouldn't think he would he would nut up and actually just do the direct ask, and I appreciate that he does. So he goes to her house and he says, I have to I have to drop it in the mail slot. What if my hand gets stuck? Weird yep. thing to say, but I guess he's a doom and gloom guy. So it kind of makes sense. And then, of course, his hand gets stuck. And that and then I was like, all right, so this is how a Pornhub episode starts. Yeah. Uh, is there like a gay version of that uh, trope? Because I feel like uh, only one way it's... to find out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've already done enough damage uh, to, to my search history for yeah. this show. I have my limits. <laughs> for the show. He says for uh, this. You see that cop out here? For the show, I look at all this tentacle porn. Sure, Chan. Right. No, I no I'm right. talking about just the searches I've made on air. Just those alone. Okay, well, already. Yeah. I feel like it's usually like a stepmom doing laundry. And then, mm-hmm. oh, no, my wristwatch is stuck in the laundry machine. Sure. And then yeah. the stepson and comes they're... along and he's like, well, if someone's stuck in a laundry machine, the only logical thing to do is fuck them. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's a fairly normal circumstance to find <laughs> yourself in around the house. If you're a homeowner, Gina, you understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get stuck in a laundry machine all the time. Yeah, oh, my to... God. What I wouldn't give for like a, a, a Pornhub <laughs> genre that was that. But like with the Charlie Brown aesthetic, so like, I'm going to do laundry, but I know I'm just going to get stuck in the dryer again and someone's going to come along and have sex with me, Can I but I really got to do the laundry. I really appreciate that Gina hasn't used the word washer or dryer. It's always laundry machine. Because I, I don't know which, I'm trying to think like which one makes more sense to get stuck in and honestly <laughs> neither does. <laughs> just my... 
was that just my thing with the wrench that you have to like dry the clothes through on the, on the wall? I mean, I guess it's the dryer they're all getting stuck in. I think there, there was one where they're like she was stuck in the couch, and they don't even really explain why her hand is stuck in the couch. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's really, it's really a lot of comedy content. Clearly, I haven't had as much experience with these videos as the rest of you all have. Again, you're lying. I think you're lying. I, I, I also picture like 20 years ago, Chan, uh, you know, watching. Uh, tentacle uh, 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 insertion porn and saying, I'll have a podcast someday and I'm going to need to know this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his, his mom comes in and on. she's like, what are you, God damn it, what are you doing? And he's like, no, no, it will eventually make sense. Trust me. <laughs> you won't listen to it, but it'll make perfect sense. Um, Look, I, you can't go to college for this sort of thing, mom. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, uh, I, my only um, actual note about that scene is why isn't that piece of shit Linus helping? Okay, thank she, you. Linus is your big dude there, Gina, right? So why is he just standing on the sidewalk just watching him stuck there, because, watching him break the door open accidentally, oh, then scream you. pathetically to... Because uh, I will tell you, Linus knows that a guy like Charlie Brown every once in a while needs to help him his fucking self. Nope, that's not it. He never, you, no, you know why? No, Charlie Brown never helps himself. Like he never, it's always like he just he's, he's doing it right this himself. instant. He's always no, no, guys, guys, Linus is trying to figure out if he wants to fuck him or not. Yeah, Linus is <laughs> getting the camera. Linus is the one holding the camera. He's, he's, he's this is gonna be a genre in <laughs> 20 years. I gotta get on top of this. He's waiting for someone to walk by and he's getting the light incorrect on his camera. <laughs> And then he gets his hand out, unfortunately, you know. So I also so that birth would take wait twenty more years to become a thing. I also just got to the point in my notes where I realized Linus isn't my guy, Snoopy is my guy. Uh, wow. because there dark. there is there is because Snoopy is the best character, hands down. Because we have so you know, Charlie Brown eventually gets gets freed and ends up on Pornhub. And uh, and Snoopy is like they're everyone's getting ready for this New Year's Eve party, including Snoopy and and Woodstock. And, Woodstock and, and, and I just love that Snoopy is always he's always going for it. Like if there's a party going on, he's going to get dressed up. If there's a Christmas going on, he's going to decorate. He just he's he's the guy that's he like he hears about something and he's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm in. Of course I'm in. Not only am I in, I'm going to do it unironically and wholeheartedly. So he goes through and he's picking out the perfect wardrobe and he and Woodstock end up on top hats and, and like little tuxedo tops, which is very like fancy. It. And I dig it. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. A hundred percent. You know, and I like. Do you, a, Ray? Yeah. Because you have specifically mentioned that you do not like small people in uh, small clothes. <laughs> no, 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 no. So no, I would no. think this would be terrifying to you. I do not like children in small clothes. Delightful animals in in in, in fancy clothes. A totally different thing. You could give me a mm. monkey with a cigar and a tuxedo. Ten mm. days out of ten, and I will find it delightful. But at a certain mm. age, kids and animals are essentially the same. One is just is, more yeah. annoying. That is not true. No. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. Okay. No, first no. of all, Chan has a kid, and he's agreeing with me. So I don't know how many times I have said, "Get out of the way, cat, uh, Egon." Uh, <laughs> so this is—it's it, hard to tell. Chan? <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen him, but I've seen Egon recently, and he's fairly large. I'm just saying, out of the corner of your eye, they all look the same. <laughs> When you're about to trip over something and it's moving, 
um, you know, it's a 50-50 chance. Oh, tear right if, I, if I turned and my three-year-old was wearing a monocle and a top hat, I would be freaked out. <laughs> if I turned and my cat was wearing a monocle and top hat, I would find it delightful. But what if what if Luna started doing the bit from Young Frankenstein, though? That you would think was hilarious. I would run screaming if from the house. started singing, if you turned around and then she just goes, lights, and then starts singing, putting on the Ritz. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, no, this is this is now you've, you've created a new uh, version of Nightmare for me and one that will not go away anytime soon. <laughs> Stop it. So we're at the party now. And uh, I just wrote here like Charlie Brown is out on the porch while the party's going on. Uh, it's getting close to midnight. He's out there reading his book, falling asleep on the porch. And I just wrote, God damn it, Charlie Brown. Oh, no, no we, no, we skipped a whole bunch of stuff right there before we get to the shining ending where he's fucking going to freeze to death. I like that. <laughs> like, uh... No, he, when he go, I, I admire the fact that he's trying to do the responsible thing by reading, sure. but he also kind of wants to go to the party. So he goes to the party with the book and he lets himself have fun for a little while. Like they, they decide to play musical chairs. Musical chair song, good filler. He's laughing and singing along and there's a whole oh don't forget number. during the dance uh class segment he actually gets pretty good there's a point where he is dancing well with peppermint patty and they're both enjoying themselves yeah so it's not that he doesn't want to um uh be happy he has a chemical imbalance which you know <laughs> is not his fault excuse and <laughs> dang here comes Gina with like, oh, so you're depressed, huh? Have you tried being happy? Uh, oh, okay. Well, then I guess you suck and should be destroyed. I would I would like to introduce you to the head of Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just need to get your Thetans uh, adjusted. Hey, just hold these cans, Chan. Just be real quick. Uh, uh, no, but I it, like, yeah, he's into the dance lessons and he's he's a little sad because the red-haired girl doesn't respond to him uh to his date ask out which i don't know i don't know how 8-year-olds are supposed to like respond thank you to, they either show up or they to, don't to date ask out yeah exactly you tell your mom hey i need to go to this thing can you drop me off i guess i mean they have telephones the technology exists 8-year-olds are using telephones this is insane other than every other <laughs> character on this show Children do not use telephones on this show. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you know, 2020 where parents are giving their kids telephones left and right for some crazy reason that's going to damage their brains. It was in the 1980s. No, local calls were always free. If it were some sort of uh, a long distance situation, sure. She could have just picked up that phone, dialed that number. She, she and, wouldn't uh, even get the number from her parents. Little got kids that CBD. Have, have uh, the, what, phone books memories. don't exist? They do still Those exist. Do they? Don't know how to use phone books. That was, even a phone book you, when I was a kid. She might have had a school directory, like a little, a little, you know, photocopied school directory. That that was what I used to do. Was you know. Okay, hold on. Now I'm seeing the problem here. Gina is from some small Amish town in New Jersey, <laughs> where they where phones were a rarity. They used the phone books were way too difficult they had uh i don't know like uh numbers chiseled onto a stump in the middle of town and then they would just pick up the cans with the strings tied between all of the houses to make their calls i had i still have my very first phone it was probably in the mid 80s i was very very young 
but it's a it's a cabbage patch doll phone and I still have it with me. My second phone ever was a Garfield phone. So I I had phones when I was a kid. I always but, wanted a Garfield but phone. Like if someone said, I mean there was a point when I was in high school and probably like, you know, some of grade school when I had memorized my friends' phone numbers. But, but when I was eight, if my mom said, call Jennifer Schutz, shout out Jennifer Schutz, Boot and Township, uh, <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't, I don't know, maybe, maybe eight year olds do know their best friends phone numbers, but she, she hasn't been established as someone who is friends with Charlie Brown. She's just an object of his affection. So I, well, he would have included contact information or should have in the missive know. that he crammed Charlie into Brown, a he'd slot. Mess it up. He'd mess it up. I bet he, that's, I that's bet he probably put a true. little spritz of cologne on it. Well, uh, well, he didn't strike me as a cologne guy. Uh, yeah, he would cologne never. Guy not at eight. He's a, cologne, he's a cologne guy at 30. Starting <laughs> yeah. at the age of 30. Oh, gross. Oh, he's one of those. <laughs> no, one, no, okay. no one should ever be a cologne guy, by the way. Let's. Uh, I had a bottle of cologne that I purchased in the 11th grade. It was called Raw Vanilla. Kind of smelled like vanilla, and that's kind of it. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't yeah, mind smelling like You got that at cookie. the grocery store, didn't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it's raw vanilla, vanilla extract, right? Is that what it? <laughs> uh, but I, this isn't working. <laughs> I literally had it till about uh, five or six years ago. Oh my god! So did it? I did just you like, it? did it burn your skin off? No, I mean I used it maybe twice. Oh yeah. In, I don't know however long that was, uh, 10, 20 years, something like that. Everyone um, loves cologne. Why are you guys acting no, like cologne, cologne isn't is cool or wanted? Cologne <laughs> is, I mean, look, yes, you can drown yourself in cologne Ugh. and then people won't be able to have to have to deal with you as a person. It's it's a defense mechanism <laughs> you can give away, is what I'm trying to say here. If you um, shower daily, you should not need cologne. That's what I'm going to say. If you shower well reg- regularly. Yeah, of course. Which I guess men don't. Forward, men I've, don't I've seen that episode of Sex in the City. Okay. I, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but wash your legs. Wash your legs, guys. That's it. I'll use a wash rag on your butthole. I'll settle no. for that. If I'll that's say right now. Doing that. Rub a wash rag on your, on your butthole? No you, gotta, no, you don't do that. That's weird. Um... <laughs> You put the soap in there. Everybody knows. Are we about to have the episode where we find out like what everybody's weird shower thing is that they think is totally normal and the rest of the world is like, are you serious? You can't just soap. You need you need friction. You need either like a a loofah or a poo. Yeah, that's why you squeeze them. Why are you using these things that stay full of poop in your shower? Just sitting there for no, use, weeks I, on I end. I use a new wash rag each time, and then it gets washed. Good Lord. <laughs> do you do that when you poop? Do you just take a wash rag? And just like, well, I'm going to wash it anyway. Flop, 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 flap. That is the sound of, <laughs> of the wash rag just going thwap into the hamper and, like, sticking and then, like, sliding down. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't slide down, Chan. It just sticks there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to judge Gina's weird. Uh, I am cleaner uh, than all y'all motherfuckers. I am now well convinced that Gina was replaced by a pod person and is now describing things she thinks the humans do. And she has been doing it this entire episode. I think it's just too many in a row now that I do not believe actually a person would do. What? Just because I didn't read the Joy Luck Club and like to wipe my butthole until it's clean? <laughs> that would make you weird, Gina. 
Both of those things make you weird. Um, we're running a little short. We were actually running pretty long now. This is going to be another super long episode. Look, these are Christmas episodes. These yeah, are holiday whatever. episodes. People got nothing going on long. at this time of year. Yeah. People mm. are like, guys, can you wrap up the butthole talk? I need to finish the Charlie Brown episode. So really quick, what ends up happening is uh, Charlie Brown is enjoying the party, but he goes outside to read the book. He falls asleep. Uh, Heather, the little red-haired girl, shows up. And Linus, instead of going to get Charlie Brown, who he knows is on the porch. No, he does not know that. Hooks up with her. He hooks up with her. All night long, he bangs no. her, he makes out with her, <laughs> Linus he, he straight up takes know. her to the bathroom and, and, and does some things. No, and Charlie Brown's like, Oh, I thought off. you went home, Charlie Brown. This is Charlie Brown's fault for sneaking off and not telling his friends. And it's because in Charlie Brown's mind, she would never show up at this point. So he doesn't think to tell his friends, hey, if she's- To be up, fair- it's 11.55 at a New Year's party and <laughs> she hasn't shown up. It's pretty safe. You know what that pretty means? Safe it means you can wait five more effing minutes, Chad. I mean, what, what are you going to get done in those five minutes? You may as well see it through at that point, right? Uh, here's the other thing. He is on a bench right next to the front door. That's what I'm saying. No, she walked door. right by him. Uh, it's the back what? door, I think. No, it's a porch. It's a front door. Oh, that is weird. Um, I mean, he... Uh, uh, Here's the thing, like, uh, um, uh, I don't remember what the thing was. That's I mean, fine. Patty knows thing, he's out there. She could tell. Everybody knows he's around. That's my point. No, there's no. You're, again, again, it's not anyone's responsibility to look after Charlie Brown, but Charlie Brown. Oh, so, I think it's Linus's responsibility as his nope. homeboy, and who's been in on this plan from the start, to not pick up the girl himself when she shows up, and at least make a token effort to no, find your boy. He, what he does is he shows her a good time, so she'll want to yeah. come to the next party. Yeah, she shows her a good time because he's banging her. That's why. And he comes out and goes, Charlie Brown, I banged that girl who showed up for you because I couldn't find and you. Char- and Charlie Brown says, you know what? You're a better man than I am, so you deserve that poon. Yeah, because Charlie Brown has issues. Uh, all the issues that could have gone away and he could have had a normal, uh, eventful <laughs> life are now are now away from him because nope. Linus screwed him over. Nope, not not Linus's responsibility to know where Charlie Brown is during a party that he brought a book to. I think I think it is. I think I, I, I if Linus was my homeboy, he would no longer be my homeboy after that. That is I, that you is know a what? party Linus would be better off. Maybe Linus. Linus would flourish if he didn't constantly have to worry about Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus, Gina, back in Linus. Uh, I will say that I am no uh, supporter or fan of the bro code, um, yep. but I do yep. think that because he is specifically involved in this, he is pushing Charlie Brown. Uh, to like speak up and and uh, ask this girl out that he knows uh, uh that Charlie has a crush on, um, to then uh, have her show up at the party and then be like, "Come over here, baby, I'll dance with you." Yeah, that specific instance uh, is not a broco thing. It's like a straight up uh, uh friend uh, uh, screwing over another friend thing, and I don't, I'm not on board with it's that a decency thing. I said broco. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was being a little cheeky with that. That is just a human decency thing. That if you go through this entire journey with a friend to try to get this event, and the event happens, and you take it away from him, that makes you an asshole. No, he took Gina. it away from himself. If he had stayed inside the party, then he wouldn't have missed this. This is you no. Mean if he had abandoned the responsibility, which you say you. that you were a fan no, of, then uh, he should, then he should, what he should have done is he should have said to someone, Hey, I'm going outside to read in case I fall. Nope. Can you come get me a minute? <laughs> he tells no uh, one. 
No, no, he no because Peppermint Patty goes out there. Uh, not yeah, Peppermint Patty yeah. and is out there talking with them. Yeah. Uh, exactly. They actually say the one line that I actually straight up actually honest to goodness enjoyed, which is uh. You know how I always dread the whole year. Well, this time I'm only going to dread one day at a time. That yeah. is yeah. that's oh. managing your shit, and I I approve wholeheartedly. Yeah. But 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 again, more importantly, this also is also fun. a really a really good thing to uh, for everybody to take away for 2021 because y'all talking about how 2020 is bad. 2021 is gonna be more of the same, it so don't expect it's suddenly gonna get better. So much better. I think it's, it's gonna so be better. better. It can't be worse. I know I said that in 2019. I think it could definitely be worse, but I'm an optimist. I think it's gonna be better. I agree. Uh, I agree. Like, like in the specific, we've gotten rid of uh, a certain orange maniac, but in the general, like the world is still in a real bad place, and climate change ain't going to get any easier. Uh, things are accelerating in at uh, uh, a horrific It'll pace. It'll be so. fine. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, so we'll wrap it up at the end. Everybody blames Charlie Brown for all their problems, which I also thought was bullshit. Um, which I did not care for at all. Like, uh, oh, it's Wait. your fault that uh, Linus wouldn't uh, dance with me, your sister. Oh, uh, and it's like, I mean, that was just bullshit. Come on. Yeah. I got to wrap it up here. Running a little short on time for me, at least. What? The, what no, do we? we have, oh, no, okay, you we have no. Oh, okay. I do. So <laughs> we're all like, no, we could go forever. And raise like, I, I, know, I have, but I have, a, I have a slight timer. Uh, uh, so uh, we're back in school for the finale part. And, I, oh, uh, yeah, and we, we did D minus. We did cover the part where he fell asleep outside in the cold and should be dead, right? <laughs> he should be dead, like, yeah. like The Shining. Yes, and it was exactly. super weird. Again, the there's no parents at this event. Uh, oh yeah, there's no so. parents in the Charlie Brown world, really. And I like the fact that when they actually at the party and the clock strikes midnight, and then the the camera pans to a picture on the wall, it's Charlie Brown in a in a group scene from like 50 years earlier because he'd always been there. <laughs> I appreciated that. Um, but it's also uh, so Charlie Brown gets a D minus. He finished writing his paper at three in the morning before uh, uh, the the next day of school. Okay, great. And then the teacher says, "It feels like you wrote we're up all night writing this paper." Well, maybe don't assign me such a shitty fucking assignment that takes me till three a.m. after a two week break to write for a thousand page book. I, I you know what? Uh, teachers are hardworking. Teachers are the best <laughs> among us. This particular teacher is completely in the wrong here. And give Charlie Brown an A for even just reading the stupid book. I mean, here's the thing. Here is the thing. Charlie Brown has a learning disability. 100% is what's going on here. And he is busting his ass. He is trying like hell to yep. keep up with everybody. And the teacher's like, eh, you, you pass. You pass, you piece of crap. But I'm not going to help you in any way. The uh, like that, though. That's the whole thing. That it's real disappointing. My parents were teachers true. in the 80s. And, and oh, did you did you deal with their uh, associations with learning disabled kids a lot in that time, Gina? <laughs> did you really did you really dive deep into that uh, world? I, my mom <laughs> was a special ed teacher, so I I and she would talk about her work. So yes, I I am familiar yes, with. This how... is special ed. This is kids in normal ed with learning disabilities. Yes, mm-hmm. my mom treated differently, but in the eighties, were not. No, no, that is not true. They because, were kept in for because my mom specifically was a special ed teacher, not for severe kids but kids with learning disabilities who needed to be caught up to the speed of the regular class and her job was to get them caught up 
and put them back until they're on pace with the regular kids and to identify what kind of problems they had. So whether it was dyslexia or ADD, that was her job was to identify what exactly was wrong with them, teach them in their own specific way, communicate with their main teacher how they needed to be taught to learn at the same pace as the other kids, and then put them back into the, and sometimes kids would never get put back into the class because they just couldn't catch up. And sometimes they would only, you know, need my mom for a few months at a time. And then if they fell behind again, they would go to her for a few months at a time. So don't generalize. I bet you heard that a lot. I only need your mom for a few months at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Gina, I would ask the question now, where was your mom when Charlie Brown was getting a 1000 page book assigned to him over a two week vacation? Where was his protection then? Where was your mom then? Why why did she let down Charlie Brown? He's got to do the work everyone's got to do. And then this teacher who should at this point be fired assigns another book. Yeah, crime and punishment. What crime a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like that is specific to him. That's like, yeah, you feeling this? You feeling this? You little, I'm going to break you, little man. Yeah, no break for you. No break for you. It's all true. All right. Well, Chan, I believe before we get out of here today, I believe there's another thing you'd like to do with the show. Yeah, I'm going to make you stick around for this entire thing <laughs> as we play it live. It's the theme song throwdown. We are deep into round two. We're coming up on the end, and we have patron Adam Hoffbauer with us. Adam, are you ready? I am so ready for this. Are you Are you going to be fair and impartial? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's what I like to hear. I want to be in like a congressional hearing and uh, hear the Supreme Court just to say like, eh, yeah, I think so. I could probably be part impartial. Yeah. yeah, I'll do my best. Good like, none enough. None of this is impartial. Who are you kidding right now? This is never <laughs> impartial. <laughs> it has everything to do with your childhood memories. And we have a real interesting one. And I'm very curious to see the direction that this goes. Because we have two very iconic theme songs from two very different types of shows. So we're really going to learn a lot about Adam today as we, uh, as we progress forward. Oh, yeah. It's no joke. Round one was... Uh, there were some hits and misses, but there's nothing but hits in this round. So every decision is going to be hard. We're going to start out with the Thundercats. My butt was moving. I was you shaking. know what? I was I was dancing, but it does get a little lull uh, uh, in the middle. I'm not going to lie. 
as we start getting more screaming noises and less Thundercats are loose, I start I stopped moving for a few minutes. It definitely becomes visual heavy toward the like, you know, cinematic sounds and stuff, so Right, right. And Mumra and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you okay. definitely, you definitely, you, you dance to it, but you know that middle point, you know, definitely uh, drags for a little bit. That's when you go to the bar. Exactly right. You get out, <laughs> you dance for thirty seconds, you go to the bar, and then you come back for the last like fifteen seconds. That's that's Thundercats. Yeah, that's it's also a very it. long theme song. <laughs> well, let's see what you think about this one then. See how you dance. It's Sailor Moon. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, uh, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking to myself, was the Sailor Moon and its theme song whole job to prepare us for the onslaught of K-pop girl groups that would happen decades later? Maybe. It definitely, you know, paved the way. (laughs) J-pop was before K-pop. I mean, you're not wrong. Well, it's funny because of the, the theme songs from the first round, there were a few, you know, that stuck in the back of my head. And it's funny that this is the one that I was stuck with because, you know, still singing it from round one. So (laughs) fair enough. But uh, like, uh, did you have, like, did you grow up with either of these cartoons? Um, No, but I was more exposed to Sailor Moon because I've always liked anime. So that was kind of like a starting point. And then it built from there. Makes sense. Even though, like, it's it's a girl's cartoon, you didn't have a problem with that. Um, no, because you know, you know, action's cool, and you know, Good the theme song is always, you know, it's always been a heavy hitter. So, right, get stuck in it. It doesn't, like, I don't know. I've also never been super into like, you know, boy girl stuff. You know, if it's good, it's good. Got to respect it. Fuck yes. One, I'm on board with you, Adam. No, you're, like you're a way <laughs> better man than I was uh, years and years ago when I was like, well, that's a girl cartoon. I, I can't watch girl cartoons, but I'll catch the last few minutes of it, you know, to watch the next thing and I'll secretly enjoy it. But I can't tell anybody because then I don't know. I'll be gay. I don't know exactly how that works, but uh, I wish that those 90s uh, and uh, 80s attitudes I grew up with. Uh, hadn't hadn't existed because this is a wonderful show that I wish I'd been enjoying the whole time. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like the benefit of being a '90s kid, you know, you get the the best of everything, and then some of the stereotypes are a little taken away. But you know, you can just ignore them too. <laughs> so, which song is the best cartoon theme song? Because yeah, like there's, uh, um, you know, like th- there's a lot of different uh, ways you can think about it. Like what's what song makes you dance, but like what song like gets you inspired? What song like makes you uh, w- want to watch a cartoon? What song like makes you like, yeah, or like makes you feel something? Like hmm. what? Which one? Yeah, because you know Thundercats like really gets you just like in the mood for what you're about to watch. But I think I just can't get over like the just like simple like. I guess, for lack of a better word, just like joy that the Sailor Moon song brings. Like it's just like you know, like it's just you know, it's, it, I don't know. I like it a lot better. It's you infectious. Know, I, I, it's infectious. Yeah, it's what, yeah. It, it's what I love about it is the fact you get like a breakdown in the middle of it of all the characters. Had Thundercats done that, and they had been just like da 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 da, Lion-O, da 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 da, Panthro. Like I probably would have been more into it. Uh, but Sailor Moon takes the extra step and makes it happen. This is true. Yes. They could have definitely used like a, a schnarf in there too. You know, maybe, you know, a little comedic relief or something. <laughs> I like it. So, so you're saying you Sailor correctly, Moon. Sailor Moon. Yes. That's my official vote. Yes. Love it. All right. Then Sailor Moon. I advances. agree with your decision. I, you know, <laughs> it doesn't always it's cl- happen, but it does here. <laughs> it's close, but you know, it's still just not, it's, you know, it's, you, you gotta give it to Sailor Moon. Awesome. Thank you, Adam Hoffbauer. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Any, any places you want to send people to? Uh, no, not really. Just, uh, I don't even know. Well, what then my... plug us, damn it. There we go. You know, the show that I'm on, you know, the, you know, the, the show that I give money to. <laughs> That's redundant. That's redundant. <laughs> thanks so much, Adam. We really of appreciate course, it. Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wow, what a theme song throwdown. Are we all way to the finals? Is that the, was that the finals? Dang it, I don't remember. I think we're on like six or seven. So it's real there. close. Real well, close. Guys, that's the end of the episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. And have a great holiday, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus, Chinese Melmus, New Year, Chinese, Chinese New, Year. New Year. That's real in New February, Year. Gina. Doesn't matter. Wally, which is before it's already gone, but uh, 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 Canadian Boxing Day. Have all the great days of December. Uh, oh, Lego Build Day. I just saw that on Twitter. <laughs> December 26th is Lego Build Day, which is kind of a cool thing. I like that. I want to do that. Yeah, for Christmas, I like that. It's a good idea. Good marketing. Good branding. Uh, you can check out the show many places. You go to Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. Patreon.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. For all your Patreon needs, five bucks a month gets you access to our giant vault with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes, as well as access to other stuff. We're sending out gifts to people uh, when we eventually get them made. Guys, I know it's Christmas Eve, probably as you're listening to this. And we're still working on it. So it's going to be great January MLK or President's <laughs> Day gifts for you. And But it's from the spirit of Christmas. That we Look, sell. you all have, have ordered shit from Amazon <laughs> for Christmas that is did not come on Christmas. Yeah, uh, no, that, so, yeah, like, that's it's a thing this year. Amazon is a well-oiled machine. No, no, no. Amazon's the yeah. only thing allowed to get delivered right now, Gina. It's yeah. oiled with the blood of the workers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and so there's that. You can also hit us up on, uh, on Twitter at GI Joe Podcast or at Prez Serpentor with a Z. Uh, in allegedly only you know just under 30 days left to go in his regime. Will he leave office? Will he get dragged out? What will happen? I don't know. I bet he blows it. Twitter. I I'm bet he out. blows it up. Yeah, I don't know why you would spoil. I it bet like he that. leaves voluntarily, but he leaves behind uh, detonation devices. I mean, this is 
Now I got to rewrite it. Thanks, Gina. Okay, so <laughs> you can also hit us up individually on Twitter. I am at Almighty, right? At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. So have a great holiday season. Spread love and cheer. And if you have a learning disability, don't tell Gina. Good <laughs> no, night. No, she, she don't care. Fix it yourself. <laughs> Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on The Gaming Together podcast. So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. And oh I was my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co op partners. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.